Our reading this evening comes from God's Holy Word, the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John chapter 10. As you turn there, I'd like to thank the session, Pastor David, and the session for the opportunity to serve you this evening. John chapter 10, and our reading is the first five verses. Truly, truly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we bless you and we praise you this evening, for there is no God like you in all the earth. A God who has sent his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be the good shepherd of his sheep. And so we pray now, Lord, according to your promise, as you have said, if we would open our mouths wide, you would fill it with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, even feeding our souls upon Christ. And so, according to your promise, do bless us. You have said, Lord, seek my face. And your people reply, your face we will seek. Amen. I'm sure for most of you, when we think of a shepherd and of sheep, our minds automatically go to Psalm 23, to biblical references like that. Perhaps Father Jacob, we just read Genesis 47 and how Dave, or Jacob refers to Israel being shepherds. And then his affirmation in the next chapter that God was his shepherd throughout all his days. And then the shepherd boy of Jerusalem. And then many psalms and prophecies about the shepherd. And all these Old Testament references about the shepherd, they are all filled or fulfilled in the coming of Christ Jesus. They all culminate in the good shepherd that John reveals to us here in this passage. It's a little wonder, then, as we think of Christ Jesus, how two of Israel's greatest leaders, David and Moses, they were both trained to be the servants of God, by becoming shepherds of the sheep, most literally. In the Old Testament, the, leader, the relationship between God and his people is often symbolized of that of a shepherd and of his sheep, Psalm 100. And just think of 95, Psalm 95, verse 7. For he is our God, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. 
And it's a beautiful picture, really, of God's care and his love, his, his wonderful provisions for his people. He knows us and he loves us. And Isaiah, speaking of the coming of our Lord Jesus as the Good Shepherd, he refers to our Lord like this. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. For all the serenity of the picture of a shepherd and of the sheep that this might conjure up in your minds. That setting is not the context of John chapter 10 of the Good Shepherd. Chapter 10 follows actually chapter 9 where the Jewish leaders had just picked up stones to stone our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you thought that such wickedness had abated, just look at verse 31 of this chapter where John writes again, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him, our dear Savior. And yet, in the midst of such hatred from his own countrymen, Jesus shows himself to be the good shepherd, the good shepherd of the sheep. The one who, in chapter 9, just found the man, the blind man, healed him, and brought him into his own fold. And so this evening, as we will see our Lord Jesus as the good shepherd in chapter 10 of John's Gospel, we should remind our souls of the great provision that God makes for his children so that our hearts might all the more cling to him, but most importantly, that we would hear his voice, that we would hear his voice and follow him. First then, John tells us that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Notice how emphatically Jesus teaches us that truth. Everything that our Lord teaches us is important. All of Scripture is important, but there are some things that he really wants us to grasp. And he tells us the importance of these things by his usual formula to introduce a very solemn teaching. Truly, truly, reading in the ESV, truly, truly, I say to you. And the first thing Jesus wants us to know is that he is the true shepherd as opposed to false shepherds. Jesus Christ is the true shepherd. He does this in comparison with others. A true shepherd, he says, can be identified by entering the sheep or the gate. Thieves and robbers, they scale the walls and they steal the sheep. Now, it's not difficult in this context here of John's Gospel to readily identify those that Jesus is speaking of. That is one of the reasons that the evangelist includes John chapter 10 in this narrative. And then he follows it up on the healings of the blind man 
in order to show, if you know that context, in order to show how shamefully they treated that sheep. They had no regard for the blind man. They harassed him. They were ruthless towards him. And after a vigorous interrogation, they shamefully excommunicated the now seeing man from the temple of God. They are unauthorized shepherds who enter into the fold and they brutalize the sheep. In this way, they're like their forefathers. In Ezekiel 34, the Lord berates the shepherds of Israel, the ones, the religious leaders who slaughtered the choice Animals, chapter 4, verse 34. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. In other words, they were in leadership not to serve but to serve themselves. Not to serve the sheep that were under their care, but to serve themselves. They were not there to bless. They weren't there to guide them, to nurture them, or to guard the sheep of God's pasture. No, these religious leaders were interested in one thing. They were interested in fleecing the sheep and preying on them. And so in contrast to them, Here is the true shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. He enters the door, and that is indicative that he is the true shepherd. In contrast with the thieves and the robbers. Now, how can you tell that Christ Jesus is the good shepherd, the true shepherd? Well, John tells us in verse 3 that the good shepherd is, enters the gate, and the gatekeeper opens the door. The gatekeeper opens the door. Now, what does this mean? In the context of this gospel, it is clear that our Lord Jesus Christ is referring to the legitimacy of himself being the promised Messiah. Again, to use Ezekiel's language, In chapter 34, Jesus is referred to as the servant, my servant David, my servant David. And you know, that's how Isaiah likes and loves to speak of our Lord Jesus as the suffering servant. But now in 34, Ezekiel also speaks of David as, or our Lord, as my servant David. David. Now Jesus here is fulfilling all the types, all the shadows of the old covenant. That is what he is claiming. And that's why John includes this teaching in his gospel. He wants Israel to recognize their Messiah, the Savior, their Lord. And the gatekeepers are all the prophets of the old covenant. And They culminated in John the Baptist, 
who introduces the true shepherd of God's flock. John chapter 1, verse 31, he does this. He says, I myself did not know Jesus, but for this purpose, or, um, sorry, uh, our Lord, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. Who is the one to be revealed? Our Lord Jesus Christ as the one who fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Covenant. And as the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist, the gatekeeper, now admits Jesus Christ into the sheep pen of Israel to be Israel's shepherd. He introduces the one that Scripture spoke of, that Moses, that David all pointed to. And this is the one, as he introduces Christ Jesus as the forerunner, he introduces Christ Jesus to Israel, and he's saying to Israel, here is your shepherd, here's the good shepherd, here is your leader, the one who will provide for you. And so, follow him. Now, this is certainly a word for us, first as pastors and elders, What a warning for us to have the heart of Christ as we lead. In God's economy, leadership is always, always, always for service. Christ has called us to the office for one reason, to be the under-shepherd of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. And because of the inherent danger of leadership, the New Testament is full of warning that shepherds are not to rule harshly, ruthlessly, not for shameful game, not domineering, but the opposite, to be gentle with God's people, leading the flock, nurturing them in the word. And so may God give you and continue to give you faithful shepherds, leaders, and give, may God give grace to you, elders. But secondly, what is implied here is what the Apostle Paul picks up at the closing words to the elders in the church in Ephesus in Acts 20. That of guarding the sheep against false sheep, uh, shepherds. David did this in killing the lions and the bears. Jesus did this in his his proclamation of the gospel and preaching the gospel, even as we read today, against all the false leaders that surrounded him. All those who hold out before men and women uh, the prospect of a higher life, a better life apart from Christ and his atoning sacrifice are deceivers. They are spiritual charlatans, however shepherd-like they might be. But they are deceivers of men's souls and they ought not to be leaders. But there's also a word for all of us, all the sheep of God's pasture. You'll notice in verse 5 here that Jesus tells us that one of the marks 
of the sheep is this, that he will not follow a stranger, but in fact, he'll flee from them. He'll flee from them. So why is it that so many here, those who proclaim this prosperity gospel and who support the same gospel of wealth and health, why do they follow them? Why do they hear them and follow them? Jesus is saying to us very clearly that the true believer, they flee false teaching. It's not part of the gospel at all. And so Jesus is calling here for spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment by the sheep. And the Apostle John and his apostle, in his epistle rather, he tells us that God's people have the anointing of the Holy One and have all knowledge. And here he's speaking then of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit so that we might discern what is truth and what is falsehood. Jesus teaching about false shepherds here implies a duty then for the sheep, for you, the people of God. Flee false teaching. Everything that doesn't accord with Scripture, with the word of Christ Jesus himself, flee as far as you can. It's very deceptive. It has all sorts of hooks whereby it would deceive you. But Jesus said, flee false teachers, so that you're not deceived by their teaching. But positively, then, we are to cultivate godly discernment. Godly discernment, which the Apostle Paul says comes through the study of the Scriptures. And that's important for us, so that when we hear something I mean, there are so many blogs that people read nowadays, so many influencers that people listen to and watch. We need to be grounded in the truth, in the Word of God. There are so many things that sound good, but they're worldly. They're absolutely worldly. And they are deceptive. God tells us to be discerning, And it is through then the study of the Word of God that we are able, Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, we are able to discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so may God give us that grace. So our Lord Jesus Christ here directs us to the godliness of the shepherd and the soundness of their teaching to determine whether we follow or whether we flee. We follow or we flee. Now this isn't to say, this isn't to say that your preachers and your elders must be perfect men, not at all. But they must be faithful men. They must be faithful men who have a good conscience before you, the people of God, and before God himself. 
they must be able to say with the Apostle Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And the beauty of all this, it's, it's just glorious the way that the Lord Jesus uses sinful men to do his bidding. You know why? Because the genius of it, the beauty of it, is that as, your, as you the sheep see your elders and your pastor and you see his weakness and his sin and that they're just sinners like you are, you the people won't be tempted to put your trust in them, but beyond them to the good shepherd of Israel, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty, you see, how God uses sinful vessels to do his bidding always so that our eyes might be directed to the perfect, gentle, gracious shepherd of God's sheep. And so Jesus fleshes this out for us in the beautiful ways in which he then describes the nature of the relationship between himself, the good shepherd, and his dear sheep. And look at these sweet words in verse 3. The shepherd hears the voice, or the sheep rather, hears the voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. Now this is an incredible shepherd we have. He knows all your names and he knows them one by one. You know sometimes we get our kids mixed up and now our grandkids mixed up. We call them all sorts of names and finally we get the right name. But not our Lord. Not our Lord. He knows all your names perfectly. He never has to repeat them. But I want you to see particularly this evening the, the intimacy of this relationship between the called and those who respond. The good shepherd calls out their name and the sheep then hear his voice. It's so beautiful. They don't even need to see, but they hear the voice of the good shepherd and they respond. And the scripture is full of this because more important than any sense in the Bible is the ear gate. It is the hearing of the voice of God. And already in the garden, it was the Lord who called out to Adam as he was wandering. God, the good shepherd of the sheep, he called out to his wandering son. Where are you, Adam? He called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees. And then by name on Mount Moriah, when he was about to slay his son, he said, Abraham, Abraham. He called Moses at the burning bush, Moses, Moses. And then that beautiful experience that Samuel had as he was lying on his bed. He heard the voice, Samuel. And then he gets up and he goes to Elijah and he told him, and Elijah said, it wasn't me, go back to sleep. He goes back to bed and he hears the voice again calling his name, Samuel. And he runs to Eli and just to be told a second time, it wasn't me. 
Returning to bed, he hears the voice again. And then it dawns on Eli, the servant of God, that it's the voice of the Lord. And so he tells his young son in the faith, if the Lord calls again, he should say, Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And do you remember the story of that mafia boss in Jericho, referenced this evening already, whom Jesus called by name as he was passing by. He saw him in that sycamore tree and he says, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. Or our Lord's most powerful cry as he called the name of the dead man in the tomb. Lazarus, come out. Or the sweetness of the voice of our Lord Jesus in that other garden when a weeping woman cannot find her Lord. And he said, Mary... Or the arresting way in which our God called the great, greatest missionary of the world to follow him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now in theology we differentiate in the call. We speak of the general call of the gospel and the effectual call of the gospel. And this is what's happening here. Jesus in chapter 10 is speaking of the effectual call by which the true spirit calls his own to become his own. Jesus is speaking to those whom the Father has given him from eternity past. Those who would believe on him and be saved. And in all these cases, bear none. The sheep hears the voice of the good shepherd. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful how Jesus knows our names? He calls us. He knows us before we knew him. And he calls us to come to him. And as we hear the voice of our Lord Jesus then, by the power of the Spirit, we recognize the shepherd. And you might say to yourself, I wish Jesus would audibly call my name as he did to all these saints that we just mentioned. But my dear friend, he does. He continues to call you by name. He calls you in your baptism. He asked for your name and he baptized you and he gave you his name, brought you into his holy family. And then through the preaching of the word, he continues to call you by name from week to week. And he does that throughout the world. And he does that through his servants, the preachers, throughout all the lands, all the languages of this earth, those who are consistent with the voice of Jesus. Now many of you, no doubt, have had many pastors, many elders, 
different congregations. Some of you have been in different lands, different languages. But for all the differences, there's one constant. You heard the voice of the good shepherd speaking to you. The good shepherd. And as we've heard his voice, we've experienced his call. Sometimes pressing, pressing rather on our conscience with the convicting power. Other times, sweetly comforting our souls and quieting our spirits. Yet other times, bringing us into closer and closer intimacy with the lover of our souls. Like Eli, we recognize This not the voice of a particular man or men, but the supernatural voice of God coming from above and being applied to our hearts by the Spirit. You know how often, as a preacher mentioned, our particular situation, a struggle, a need we might have, perhaps your joy or some other circumstance that they could have never known. And yet you heard. How many times on our way home from worship, our young children would ask, Dad, did you tell them what happened this week? But you see, it's the voice of the Good Shepherd. Good Shepherd, he knows all about us. And he speaks then through your pastor. And he uses the word to apply it to all our lives. He is the master communicator. And very often, as the pastor stands at the back and greets all those who would leave, often we hear, Something like this, you are speaking to my situation this morning. That's exactly what I needed. And why is that? Because the Spirit uses his word to speak the word of the Good Shepherd to your soul. But perhaps this is all foreign to some of you. I hope not. But perhaps you've been in church all your life but you've never heard the voice of the Lord Jesus. You've never heard him. Has not convicted you. You've never followed him. And it's possible then that you've heard only false teachers, the ones that Jesus warned us about. But you see what Jesus is saying here in our passage this evening. He says, if you've never experienced the hearing of my voice, It's possible, and it's even probable that you're not one of my sheep. If sermons are boring to you, if you'd rather sleep through sermons, or you can't wait to get out and your pastor be done, Or if your parents' wisdom is not received as the word of the living God. Or you 
throw out of hand your elder's exhortation because he loves your soul. If it's just ignored, if to you they're just words, if that's all it is, if you've never experienced the supernatural voice of God through his word and by his servants, it's an indication that you're not one of his fold. And God calls you then tonight. He calls you through his word to repent and to believe on the word of God. Don't remain in your unbelief. Chapter 9, verse 27. This is what the blind man said to the religious leaders. He says, I've already told you. They're interrogating him about who opened his eyes. He said, I've already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Because you see, that's the way to become his disciple. Open your ear, repent, and hear the voice of the good shepherd, and it'll be life to your souls. As the psalmist says, today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Oh, he's a good shepherd. Those who are wandering, he brings back. He'll leave the rest and he'll come and take you back. But how wonderful. It's ecstatic even when the Bible comes alive. And we know that this is the word of God because we love to hear the word of God. We love to hear our Lord's voice speaking to us through the word read, preached, sung, and through the sacrament. Because it is in that way that he speaks. And when we hear him call us by name, what are we to do? Well, it's very clear. We follow him. We follow him. We follow him wherever he calls, wherever he leads. Sometimes it's a loud voice. Like the roaring wind that breaks and pieces the rocks. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But sometimes a low whisper. What are you doing here, Elijah? But whether loud or bold, soft or strong, we're hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd. And it's for us then to follow him, to follow our Lord Jesus. And do you know why? Because all along, the good shepherd is seeking us and he's bringing us out because he knows his own. And his sheep follow him. That's the way it works in the kingdom of God. It's in that beautiful husbandry of the shepherd leading his sheep. And the sheep, they hear his voice and they know him and they just follow because they are indwelt by his spirit. And to follow him can be, at the same time, the most exciting journey you'll ever take in all your life and the most frightening. 
until you realize that the Good Shepherd is leading you into green pastures of abundant life. So the question tonight, as we conclude, is this. Have you heard the voice of our Lord Jesus today? Have you heard him? If you have, you are a sheep. Relish the experience. Bless God that he has given you ears to hear so that you might now respond in faith and follow our good good shepherd wherever he leads. And most of all, praise God for the good shepherd. Praise him. He calls his own sheep by name. And the sheep hear his voice and leads them out into green pastures. And this good shepherd then calls us to feast upon him. He is the good shepherd and he knows our needs. He knows our needs so much more and better than we know our needs. And surprising. Sometimes we want to be more spiritual than our good shepherd is, but our good shepherd knows our needs and he tells us in his word that because we are flesh and blood, we not only need the word read and preached as we have done and you have heard, you've heard his voice, but he wants to give you more. He has instituted this sacrament because he wants you to feast upon him through the elements that he has prescribed. Bread, bread, and wine. Bread and wine. Food for your soul. That's how good this good shepherd is. He has provided fully for all your provisions. This is all you need to live on on your journey to glory. He knows our frame, the psalmist says. He remembers we are dust. So he provides his very self. And so as you come and you take of the bread, this is his body given for you so that you might live. And he has given us the wine. And in the scriptures, you remember how he turned water into wine and thereby proclaimed that he was the divine beverage. He was the wine, the well-aged wine that the prophets spoke of. The best vintage wine has come to satisfy your souls. So put away tonight everything else, anything else that would come into conflict with our Lord Jesus Christ, the lover of your soul, the good shepherd of the sheep. And come and feast with him and he'll satisfy you with true bread come from heaven and true wine, his blood for you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful that you are the God who has sent the good shepherd. You've given us many good types in the old covenant. We think of David, of Moses, of your servants, the prophets, how they shepherded Israel. Oh, Father, they all came short in 
us that they were imperfect men. But we thank you that you have sent your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man. And he has taken to himself our human nature. He has taken to himself flesh and blood so that he might deliver us from the bondage of Satan who all the day long has kept us bound so that he might free us. And so we bless you for the good shepherd of our souls. And Father, we confess tonight that even at times we do not want to hear his voice and yet you continue to call. Once, twice, three times. You're the God who continues to call your sheep through your word. And we bless you that by the power of your spirit, you give us ears to respond in repentance and faith. And so, Lord, may all your people who have heard your voice, those who live the Christian life, may they come and feast upon you. And Father, we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would take our eyes off the earthly elements point them to the true bread and true wine, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so feast our souls upon him tonight. Satisfy.